You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Merry Christmas, ho, ho, ho. From the cast and crew of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, this is episode number 85. Merry Christmas to you, Alan Schneider, and I've got one question. Yes. Who day, who day, who day think going to beat them Bengals? I uh, have not followed the NFL very closely this no. year. Nobody. <laughs> oh, that was a rhetorical question. I see, I see. Uh, as we speak, the Ra- the Bengals are currently playing the Ra- uh, the Browns are currently playing the Raiders, correct? For see if Cincinnati can be uh, moving to first place, correct? They're they're in first place now. Go Bengals! Who day? Right? Who day? Uh, I when growing up, I was a big Bengals fan. A big uh, I don't follow the NFL as closely as I used to. I do watch some of the playoffs and such, but I hope Cincinnati does well. I do love Joe Burrow, right? Um, I loved him at LSU. And obviously, I'd love to see them do well. It's been it's been a tough couple of decades for Cincinnati, correct? It's been a tough forty six year existence for me. <laughs> what about the NFL? <laughs> Worst thing that ever happened to me is the first year I started following football was uh, the Bengals' second Super Bowl run, and it's been downhill ever since. Well, it just shows you our our difference in age, or difference when I started getting into the NFL. Because I was an NFL fan back in the glory days in the in the 80s, and I go back to uh, I can remember the Steelers and the Cowboys playing in the 70s. Uh, Vince Ferragamo for the Rams going up against Terry Bradshaw, the Steelers in '79. Jaworski versus Plunkett and the Raiders and the Eagles. I can go and then the great Cowboys Steelers teams. uh, Eric Dickerson, all those guys, the Rams that that era. Earl Campbell's the greatest player I ever saw play in the NFL. Uh, that's the Houston Oilers from back in the day. So I think I may predate you a little bit on that. Do you still have your O.J. Simpson jersey? Uh, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> I don't really remember him playing in the league that much. Maybe in his later years with Buffalo. I don't remember him in college at USC. But it seems like he was in the news after that for something. I can't quite recall. But, you know, I'm getting old. I can't remember those things. Speaking of the juice... The juice oh man gosh. himself, Jorge what a segue. Jorge Navarro <laughs> is going to the slammer, Folsom County Prison. Uh, five years. You got any thoughts on that? Uh, I like the Folsom County uh, reference there. It's a little Johnny Cash stuff. Yeah, it, uh, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt for the most part, but there's sometimes when it's just obvious. We all know it happened. The guy's bragged on air on film that it's happened. Uh, the stories that have come out since. Uh, since his arrest, the way he treated those horses, uh, hell with him. Uh, I'm sure I speak for a lot of people. Screw you. Go ahead. Five years, fine by me. Uh, I'm glad to see that the judge was uh, uh, harsh, fairly harsh. I think five years is more than fair. Uh, give him more. I don't give a damn to you. No, I'm I'm fairly happy for this. Uh, wish they'd bring down a few more. Uh, a few more. That's, and Hopefully it's coming. And some of those people are on the fence and thinking about doing some of these things. Maybe they'll scare the living hell out of them. And uh, maybe they'll see the error of their ways. And remember that uh, that these are living, breathing creatures who uh, don't deserve to be treated that way. 
Right. And uh, in addition, to all the other problems with it and stuff. So yeah, uh, if you're if you're if you're playing that game, might want to fly fly straight unless it's too might be too late for you already because uh, some people are indeed watching as it as it seems. Well, yeah, if we don't take care of the horses, there's not going to be much of a sport because uh, times or they are or society or society or just for simple morality purposes, right? Right. Uh, but yeah, the times are changing. That's a good thing. I think we can all agree with that. All right. Uh, anything else on your mind? Oh, yeah, we need to thank uh, Lee and Bob Butler. I got a really yes. nice hat in the mail and some socks just in time very, for the winter. Very nice socks. We both uh, did. I, uh, the hat is going to come in handy. I, I've My head's so big, I stretched out my other hat that I wear with the giant A on it. Uh, but And this hat's going to come in quite nice. In fact, I'm wearing it right now. It's a Daytona, they're Daytona stables and stuff. So it's very kind of them and we appreciate that, Leah Bob. We really do. I have a question for you real yes. quick. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, this, this is open for debate for a lot of people. And I mean, it is Christmas week. I guess we'll touch on this stuff a little bit before we get to our very, very, very special guest. It's not Die Hard. Well, that's, that's actually the answer, but, uh, you go, uh, Give me what I you always think. liked uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, probably Chevy Chase's last good movie. You, I'm going to uh, startle you here. I love Chevy Chase. I love Vacation. Uh, I, I, I am one of the rare people. And if my friend Chris Karam has listened to this, I apologize. I was never that big on Christmas Vacation. As much as I love Randy Quaid, Chevy Chase, the previous vac- even European Vacation, I – I actually didn't think it was that good, and I might be the absolute lump. I'll probably get hate mail for this, but uh, I, I never care for that movie. I don't watch it every year. I, I do watch It's a Wonderful Life. I watch Home Alone. Uh, I love Die Hard. Uh, if you can call Last Christmas a Christmas song, I can call Die Hard a Christmas movie. Uh, so those are a Christmas story. Everybody likes a Christmas story, but I'm not a Christmas vacation guy, believe it or not. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen Miracle on 34th Street, and I've never seen Home Alone all the way through. Oh, Home Alone. You know what? It seems childish, but Home Alone's pretty damn clever. And Home Alone 2 is good, too. Uh, I definitely haven't seen that one. Miracle on 34th Street, believe it or not, I have not seen that. But It's a Wonderful Life, I've seen a 100 times, I'm sure. it's It lives up to the hype. It really does. If you can if you can believe Jimmy Stewart's playing a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid early in the movie, and he looks like he's 45. But outside of that, it's a, it's a good movie. And Mr. Potter's a real son of a bitch. I will tell you that. Dick. Wow. All right, we're going to have to talk to the sponsors about that. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we've got a great guest tonight, a mainstay on uh, this uh, Kentucky-Ohio circuit for many, many years. And, uh, Alan, you're going to introduce him right now. Hey, thanks, EC. Um, our guest this evening honestly needs no introduction, but I'm certainly going to try to do his legacy justice and give him one anyway. You'll see why here in a second. Our guest is a mainstay jockey on the Kentucky Ohio circuit, and he's been riding for just shy of an incredible, I mean, an amazing 50 years. His Hall of Fame worthy numbers are equally mind boggling. His 52,000-plus career mounts have yielded not only 7,242 career wins, which ranks sixth all-time, by the way, 
but he also has an incredible 20,552 in the money finishes. To me, that's just, that's just an unreal number. This man has hit the board in over 20,000 races. At 67 years of age, he's still going strong with 98 wins this year alone in, two, in 2021. He's often referred to as Scootin' Boot or the Iron Man. But for us here at the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, he's simply a legend. And of course, if you haven't figured it out, I'm talking about Perry Utes. Perry, thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. It's certainly an honor. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Again, we we truly do. We do mean that. Uh, I'm 52 years old, so I've been following Kentucky racing for a long time, and you've been there uh, but since before I've been around. So, uh, again, this is an honor having you here today. So, again, thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, as I mentioned, uh, Perry, you're getting ready to enter your 49th year of riding, 49 years of riding races. Uh, just an amazing feat. I guess the obvious question up front is what's been your secret to such longevity? I mean, most guys are done and gone by then. Well, I think um, I've never had a trouble with my weight. I've always maintained the same weight for almost 50 years. And uh, I'm just very dedicated. Uh, what do you weigh? What, what, what kind of weight are you holding there? Uh, at 110. I used to, I've been weighing that for, um, like I said, almost 50 years. Might be up wow. a pound, down a pound, but pretty close to 110 every single day. Okay, 110 pounds, Perry. I haven't, uh, if you cut me in half, I might be about that. So I'm pretty impressed by that. Um, yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, regional research on you. Of course, I know your career pretty well, but did not know that you grew up in Lepanto. Am I saying it right? Lepanto, Arkansas. Is that right? Well, where I was uh, born and raised was uh, Rivervale. Lepanto is the kind of like the big, the little town up up farther where I went to high school. Okay, so you're technically not from Lepanto. No, in Ar- no, okay. I'm from Rivervale. Now that's a shame because I was going to use that as a segue because I'm a Kentucky basketball fan. And one of our star players from the last uh, several years, Malik Monk, is also from Lepanto, Arkansas, which You're I found kidding. really. Yeah, you didn't know that? He's with the Lakers wow. now. And uh, Malik Monk, he played at Kentucky about five years ago. Uh, really good ball player, a two guard, and he plays with the Lakers now. I think he played with the Hornets for a while. And wow. it was interesting to me because the population is 1,700. And so you're right, from yeah. there. I thought you were from there. Malik Monk is from there, and his cousin or his uncle Marcus Monk played in the NFL and he's from Lepanto so I was in the water and up there in Lepanto Arkansas they had great athletes but uh yeah I had a uh a schoolmate when I was in uh my 12th year he was a football player yeah he went on to play for uh the Arkansas Razorbacks who's that uh, uh Teddy Barnes that name sounds vaguely familiar they were yeah, really good Arkansas really good back then yeah he, he was a pretty good player you make it to I don't the NFL? Think he went any farther than college, but you know, he watched him a few times on TV, so I thought that was cool. And were you a Razorback fan growing up? In that, that uh, so so. Okay, yeah. Legions has changed now because you're Ohio, Kentucky. Any anything going out this way? The Browns, the yeah, Bengals. I used to be a big Bengals fan, but man, last 20 years they put such a bad taste in your mouth. It's it's hard to keep up with them. Well, you're talking to a big Bengals fan here in CC Bros. We were just <laughs> discussing that. 
So uh, they're hoping yeah, maybe I things agree. turn around this year. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping. Still can happen. Look good one week and look look like uh, not so much the next week. I like your choice of words there. Um, <laughs> that also sounds like my love life, by the way. <laughs> Ouch! It's getting saucy. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, you're from Arkansas. You're from a northeast, uh, from the northeast portion of Arkansas. Right. And right. 50s and 60s when you grew up. How does a kid go from northeast Arkansas? Uh, I think in his late teens, I guess you decide to become a writer. End up at I think Beulah Park in Ohio. How does right. it go from Arkansas to Ohio? How's that transition play out? What? Well, um, how I got started on the racetrack was uh, my cousins. They all lived down there in Arkansas, same town, Riverdale. And uh, when I graduated from high school, they called me up and said, um, do you want to come up here to Chicago and we'll make a jockey out of you? And I said, sure. That sounded like a really good job. So seven days after I graduated high school, uh, I was on my way to Chicago. Had you ever ridden a horse before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, pretty much my whole life I'd rode ponies and stuff. So you end up, you go to Chicago. Did you ride the Chicago tracks or you just go become a jockey, learn how to become a jockey and then go to Ohio? Right. Well, I went up there and they taught me how to gallop horses and how to work them, get them out of the gate and stuff like that. And then I went to uh, Hot Springs and was galloping oh. down there. And the guys who were guiding me and stuff, they knew about um, W.J. Danner up in Ohio, and they, they always said he liked to ride the bug riders, and he had a lot of horses. So they called him up and asked him if um, he wanted to take another bug rider on, and he said, sure, send him up. So they sent me up to Ohio, and that's how I got started. And you never left. <laughs> it seems Pretty like, right? So. So I, I've been around here for 48 years. So I like the, it around here. I, apparently you do. Uh, the bug Was the bug system... The same back then as today, 10 pounds, 7 pounds, 5 pounds off, depending on how how right. experienced you were. Yes. But back then, you had to have a, uh, a trainer hold a contract on you. You couldn't just, you know, have a piece of paper and start riding like you can do nowadays. You actually had to have a trainer that um, held a legal contract on you. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So you were kind of like his property you only rode for that guy or could you ride for other trainers no i could ride for other people i just couldn't ride in the same race that he was in if i didn't ride his horse okay i, I can see that i can see a lot of shenanigans could possibly go on i guess right, maybe right i yeah. got you so from what my research uh, i see you got your first win this is amazing to me in march of 1973 i was three years old and i'm an old man <laughs> I was three years old, and I think my our co-host Cece here wasn't even born yet. So March 73, you get that first one at Beulah Park, and it kind of was a, a foreshadowing because eventually made you make your way to River Downs, right? And this 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 stat blows my mind: 35 career riding titles at River Downs slash Belterra Park. Uh, that Cincinnati racetrack. I mean, that's been a big part of your life, your your success, your career, right? Yes, yes. It, it was always my favorite track to ride over. I don't know why. I think it's just because I've always done so well there, and that's why I liked it so well. But, but yeah, I, I got 35 leading rider titles there. I mean, if, I, got, I mean, that's amazing. I got 13 up at Beulah Park. 13? And two, yeah, and I got two at Turfway. So Turfway was always my weakest link. <laughs> but I 
I still enjoy it, and I still try as hard as I can. Um, the two at Turfway was that uh, was that Latone, that was in the dirt track, the synthetic. Uh, do you remember? Um, no, I think both of them were when it was synthetic. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and listen to this. First time I was leading rider um, at Turfway, uh, I beat Corey Landry. He was second. He was second. My God, I should yeah, remember so, that. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was one of my biggest achievements when I beat. Hell Corey yeah! Landry. Yeah. For rider. He didn't sneak was, up on. He didn't sneak I up on the rail on you, did he? No, I was fifty-eight. <laughs> I was fifty-eight years old when I did that. Really? I, yeah, yeah. I should remember that. Yeah. I, I got to brush up on my stuff. I should know that. that but uh, like two thousand and ten in the fall meet. Wow. Uh, only ten years ago, when you win the title at Turfway, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that. But again, congratulations. That's an, again, that's a Hall of Fame worthy feat. But we're going to get into that here in a second. Um, I want to go back to the 35 riding titles, though, because if I'm not an expert at River Downs, but their meet is consecutive. They don't break their meets up into two different meets like Keeneland does or Churchill. It's well, one long consecutive meet, right? Well, they used to um, when they first when I first started riding there. But it was continuing, but they did split it into two meets. Um, one of them was called, like, the spring meet, and one was the summer meet. Okay. And uh, it would run from, like, to July, but you never had a break or anything. They just went the next day. I, I don't know why they did it that way, but that's eh, just the way It's kind of what Turfway does, right? Turfway does the winter meet, They go in, uh, and they go into their, I guess. Right, right. Know. They stop that meet, and then they go to another one, but you don't even miss a day. I mean, you yeah. go right into the next one. But that's what River Downs did for years and years and years. And uh, that's one, how one of the reasons that I got so many titles there, because I'd win it, you know, both meets, so you could win two meets a year. And I did yeah. that a bunch of times. Then that's kind of what I was leading into. Yeah. yeah, so I, um, I think about the last 10 years or so is when they went to just one long meet. And uh, I'm guessing you probably know everybody out there, don't you? Pretty much. <laughs> I figured you probably did. And do you call it still call it River Downs or you call it Belterra Park or do you try to call it I, Belterra Park and you catch yourself? Probably 50-50, yeah. Yeah. But I've only been to River Downs one time. CC, have you been there? Uh, one time at night. About 20 lo- years ago. I loved it. It had, it had a great feel to it. It was like a little, kind of like Ellis Park, but maybe a little bit, a little bit nicer. Honestly, it was really family oriented. I, and I'm assuming I, and I haven't been since been. I gotta admit, I have not been since been. They've called it Belterra, but I guess it's probably kept that ho- same homespun feel. Is that right, Perry? Yeah, kind of, sort of. But you know how, how it is when they got the uh, slot machines. They, they really care about those. Yeah, yeah. Seems, seems like more so than they care about racing. Yeah, that's another podcast right there in general for <laughs> just in general, right, CC? Yeah, coming up soon. Yeah. Um, but, but the guys that run at um, Belterra, they're they're pretty good guys, so we, we get along with them pretty good, so we don't have any problems there. Um, you've won a bunch of stakes up in Ohio, and, of course, a lot of those are state-bred stakes. Is there any Ohio-bred horses that – that you've won on that are, or even, you know, open company horses that, that stick, stick with you that are more special to you than some others. Anything come to mind? Uh, yeah. There's one filly that I was riding when I first started, when I had the bug, um, her name was high Carol. 
my mom's name. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She she was really nice. She run for like five years, and uh, I won twenty five races on her. Jesus. And sixteen of them were handicaps. Really? So, yes. Yeah, so she kind of stood out my whole career as being the best horse I ever rode. Uh, that's a lot of win. That's a lot of win pictures. That's a good chunk yes. of that seven thousand wins. Yeah, um, she was she was very special. You know, one of the things that you're renowned for, and again, growing up, I'm a little bit. I started following you in the '80s. Okay, one of the things you're renowned for is being a front end rider, right? I mean, you're, you've got this knack, it seems like, and a lot of riders have it. Some riders have it, some riders don't. They, they can get a horse out of the gate, put them on the lead rate, and, and go wire to wire. And it's always amazed me how certain jockeys can do that. Uh, what's the key to that? Is it hitting the gate right? Is it, is it, you know, just being one with the horse? How, how do you, why are you such a good friend and rider? <laughs> now that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> wish, <laughs> wish I knew. Yeah. But you do, yeah. right? I mean. Right. I, I have been labeled um, a lot like that as being a, a front end rider. But I mean, I can come from behind just as well. I mean, all all them seventy two hundred races that I win, I would say wasn't even half of them was on the lead. I'd say probably maybe a third of them, maybe. You know, I think some of that stereotype comes though from guys right. who bet, exactly. bet your horses, and it's like, hey, I won on Perry. He went wire to wire for me, so I'm gonna bet him on this speed horse's time. And I think maybe just the stereotype develops, and because people have success with you that way, I suppose. But right. uh, uh, but yeah, that. When I think of Perry Utes, I think of getting on the lead, but I've seen you come from well off the pace on numerous occasions. Um, but on to Turfway, or Latonia, because you go back a ways. For those who yes. don't know in our audience, the Turfway used to be called Latonia Park. I think it changed its name in the mid-'80s, maybe. I may be wrong about that. No, you're uh, right. It's, it's yeah. right about then. Did you know – did you, did you know what was Latonia, CC? Were you ever there during Latonia time? Yeah, that's kind of my early years of following the sport, though. Yeah, well they they switched uh, they switched names back in the day, and I was wondering, Perry, do you have any do you have any fond memories uh, from way back in the day at Turfway slash Latonia? Uh, anything crazy happened? Any any fun things that you remember? No, it was always cold. I can remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of those riders uh, that were from that era, um, off the top of my head. I can think of Brent Bartram, James Bruin, Charlie Woods, uh, Mike McDowell, uh, Mary Mary uh, Ellen Hickey, Mary Jo Ironman, which is, is Michelle's uh, best friend. CC, do you do you remember those guys? Do you ever talk to any retired oh, yeah. riders from? I I talked to Charlie Woods a little bit, um, but he's probably about the only one that that I you know kept in touch with or anything. But all those names ring a bell, right? All oh, those, yeah. 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 I remember them all. And uh, anybody else from that era that you were close with back in the day that are refreshing memories for me? Uh, Steve Neff. I, I rode with him for a lot of years. I remember him. Guy. Yeah. Bill Trollio. Bill Trollio rode forever around here. Isn't he like a yeah. clerk of something? Or clerk he's in the games. And, uh, a steward at a lot of different tracks. I think he's state steward up at Delaware right now. Oh, really? Yeah, but he's the uh, clerk of scales right now at Turfway Park. You know, I remember being a kid going to the track in the 80s and seeing a guy named Mike Manganello. Do you know Mike Manganello? I know him well. 
Yeah, the funny thing is when I was, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't want to, this guy apparently he's at towards the end of his career. And I was like, man, this guy, he doesn't seem to win a lot of races. Unbeknownst to me, I was a young kid and uh, thought, didn't realize that, hey, this guy's not that much of a jockey. I didn't realize at the end of his career, come to find out, he won the Kentucky Derby, right? He yes, won the Kentucky yes, Derby in 1970. Yeah. And he's still with us, right? Oh, yeah. 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 There's somebody to keep in mind for this show, CC, Mike Manganello. Uh, Dust Commander, correct? Right. That's right. right. Don That's Combs. Right. So going back to that jockey conversation, who are some of the best riders that you've ridden with, ridden against, that have your respect, that um, maybe didn't get the national recognition they deserve because of racing at Turfway or, or Riverdowns? Does anybody that comes to mind from the yeah, past? David Gull. David Gall, yes, he's a yes, very good rider, very very good. But he always rode at cheap tracks. He rode like uh, St. Louis, uh, rode at Mountaineer a little bit. Uh, he went a lot of races, but he never got no recognition at all. And he was the even leading rider in the nation one time. Went over 400 races one year. Really? And yes, and he uh, he never made it to the Hall of Fame. Well, it, it was pretty much the same same deal with me. They thought just because he rode at cheap racetracks, you know, he wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. But he he was a really good rider. I I didn't ride with him a lot, but I I did ride with him a few times at Beulah Park, and he come in here at River Downs a few times, and he was a really good rider. So it, is he in the list of, of all time wins too? Is oh, David yeah. Goff? He's right in front of me. He's number five, and that's he's number, what I'm can, that's what I'm shooting for. Try to get. Can you catch him? him? <laughs> uh, I'm 155 or 154 behind him right now. So and maybe luck, I, I could do it two more years, maybe. You never and know. Uh, yeah, is is David still with us? No, no. Oh, I'm past few years back. And any other guys come to mind? Or gals? Or gals? Um, I rode with Charlie Woods when he was riding. He was a very good rider. Yes, he is very very yeah, good rider. He he was he was a very good rider. So, uh, yeah, that, that brings th those names bring back so many memories of me at my age and stuff. Uh, watching Turfway racing at night, seeing you, uh, Brent Bartram, those guys. Uh, I'd love to have all the old jockeys on at some point if, 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 if possible, but uh, maybe we'll save that for another podcast. Uh, CC, you got any questions for Perry? Hey, I got one more for you. Oh, yeah, please do. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, jockeys that you thought were decent riders that didn't get a whole lot of recognition. Um, I rode with this guy named uh, Rafael uh, Hernandez. Yes, he still rode, rides. Yes, rode with him at Beulah Park. And we're up there riding in the wintertime. It is cold and nasty and miserable. And I'm watching this guy ride. And, I mean, he can really ride. And I told him one day, I said, man, what are you doing here? You're just wasting your talent. I said, Cause, you know, you can really ride. He didn't say much about it. Next thing you know, he's leading rider at Woodbine. Up at That's right. So there That's, you go. He rides for Mark Cassie a lot, right? Yeah. And he exactly. does real up in, up in uh up in Canada. And I think he still ventures down there. I mean, I ride for does he ride for Wesley Ward sometimes, CC? Yes, or he, he does. maybe and Mike Maker. Yeah. Mike Maker, yeah. He's uh but, is he still at Woodbine? But I was right though, he was way too good to be riding at Beulah Park. I mean, he was oh. such a good rider. I forgot he came from up that way. Yeah. He, he rode at St. Louis. That's where he got his um big start. You know, won a lot of races around there. But he would go to Beulah Park in the winter because, you know, St. Louis ends in the fall. And uh, he spent, I don't know, maybe four or five winters up there at Beulah. 
You know what you should have been doing, Perry? You should have been like riding and been his agent as well too, right? And make a little side, <laughs> little side, a little side yeah. bling. <laughs> That's a good hey, call on him. Yeah, and we were talking about um, when I went to Arlington Park. Yeah. I was telling my my cousins were the ones that were guiding me. Do you know yeah. who my cousins are? No. Early fires. Are you kidding? How wow. did I not know no. that? Did you know that, CC? No, I didn't know that. Yes, Jinx fires, early fires, Jackie Wayne. Teddy, speaking of a good, guys. speaking of a good front end rider, that's early fires, yes. right? Well, he taught me how to lead the gate. Yeah. First time I ever left the gate was with him. Really, I did. I did not know that. That's fascinating. And for those who don't know, uh, early fires won all the Breeders' Cup distaff, right? CC with one dreamer. Is that right? No, At, that was Gary Stevens. Uh, Gary, but what did early fires win on? Who did he win he, on? I'm sure he he rode that filly at some point though. Yeah, but yeah, early fires is a great, great. I mean, yes, he's got he he's got to be on that list of all time wins too, doesn't he? Yes, he is. But I passed him up a while back. You showed <laughs> him. Yes, I was real proud of that when I went by him. Yeah, you showed him. That's that's awesome. And and Jinx Fires is your cousin too. Yep. Yep. Is he is he still training? Yeah, he's got a few. He don't train like he used to. But he still has a few. Okay. Yeah, he's, he he yeah, kind of trains off the farm in Arkansas down right. uh, near Oakland now. Yeah. Right. How did I not make the connection? Arkansas. Um, okay. <laughs> I've learned yeah, something. We're all from that same little town, Riverdale, Arkansas. It's, we was all born and raised right there in that little town. There is something. Two, in, there's 200 people in that whole town. I think half of them were all related. <laughs> there is something in the water in northeast uh, northeast Arkansas. I can tell you yes, that. Yes, buddy. <laughs> CC, you got something? Well, I wanted to ask you, Perry, did you ever get a chance to ride at Miles Park in Louisville? Do you remember that track? I've heard of it, but I never rode there, no. Okay. I think uh, somebody told me somewhere along the line that I think Early Fires actually rode there. I think Early Fires did. He did when he had the bug. Went a lot of races there. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So, uh, does it resonate with you? You know, I look at the list of the leading riders of all time, and your name is right up there with Pat Day, Russell Bays, Bill Shoemaker, uh, Lafitte Pinkai. Does that has that ever sunk in that your your name is amongst uh, those riders? <laughs> well, I, I feel privileged to be there with them, but I got another story for you. He's talking about uh, Russell Bays and those guys, Pat Day. Well, when we all started riding. It was uh, me, Pat Day, Russell Bays, Chris wow. McCarron. We all had the bug same year. Really? Uh, 70, 73, 74. Yep. And you're all in the top six, right? Yes. Like I said, it was a good year for bug riders. It really was. It was. A I didn't know that. Good year. Yes. And look how uh, far you've outlasted them. Uh, yeah. Russell Bays probably lasted the longest. Like 10, 15 years I've outlasted them all. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm the last guy standing out of that that school of bug riders. So Perry, uh, Pat Day was, a, I've always heard was a noted trash talker. What, what type of competitor are you? Are you, are you low key or do you uh, talk some? You Barry. don't you don't ever sm- talk smack to the competition no, on the no, racetrack? Not, not at all. No, I just go out there do my job, come back home. Uh, of the of the if you don't mind of the current uh, riding colony who uh who talks the most trash i, I don't really pay that much attention to it no Mc- no he don't say too much 
I can't think of anybody that really, you know. Everybody's mild mannered. Yeah, pretty much. You know, they they just go out there and do their job. You know. Yeah. What about back in the day, though? What about back back in the day? Anybody do that stuff? Back. Yeah, back in the day, you used to. uh, You were only as tough as how much you could back it up when you got back to the job. (laughs) I mean, you could do anything you wanted to out there if you could back it up when you got back in. And I don't want to take. Yeah, CC's time. But have you seen some stuff in the in the jocks room? There've been fights and brawls, and like we hear. Oh yeah, yeah. I've now seen quite a few, but the last few years you, you don't hardly see that anymore. You know, like I said, guys just aren't you know as hot tempered as they used to be for some reason. I think maybe now, it's because their the scale of weights has went up and people don't have to reduce quite as hard. Yeah, because I think that used to set people on edge when they, you know, when they were hungry all the time. So, yeah. so the least little thing would bother them. You know, and I think that's how a lot of fights got started. You know, they were just always on edge. Or I thought maybe because someone maybe could have killed them, might have pissed them off a little bit. But you never got in any of those fights, did you, Perry? I got into a couple. <laughs> a couple, huh? <laughs> yeah. Over 50 years, just a couple? Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, you won, right? You won, right? <laughs> uh, I think I'm still over for about two. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Cece. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's all right. I, uh, Perry, I was reading an article that someone wrote about you. I think it was Shannon Russell that had written about you. Uh, yeah, you I, say, I remember her. You made a trip. You make a trip to uh, Rabbit Hash uh, every every so often. Is that the case? Uh, that that's a there's a general store there, right? Right. Is what what's special about the general store? I've I've seen I've I've seen pictures of it and articles about it, but what what's special about Rabbit Hash General Store? It's just an old country store. It just kind of reminds me of home because we used to have those kind of stores at home all the time. As a matter of fact, I had an uncle that, that ran one of them, like an old general store back in Arkansas. Yeah, and uh, it just kind of reminded me of home. Just a throwback, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good uh, a motorcycle hangout. That's. You know, people go down there, ride their motorcycles because it's a good scenic drive down there. It's just a place where people meet and stuff. I got you. I got you. So getting back to the riding colony, uh, you're you're the dean of all the jockeys in the in the riding colony locally. Do do, do you hand out a lot of advice or, or do, do people come nah, come to you? I just I keep to myself pretty much. I got you. Yeah. You you still got to beat those those other guys out on the racetrack, <laughs> right? You don't want to yeah. let your secrets go. That's right. Yeah, I got you. All right. So uh, I know you probably I don't know if you've given much thought to uh, retirement, but uh, what do you see yourself doing uh, post uh, post riding? You, anything re- related to horse racing, or are you just going to call it quits eventually, or or what? Well, one day I'm going to have to. Nobody can ride forever. <laughs> uh, but what I'd really like to do is ride at least two more years. Because I would really like to get past David Gull. I mean, that's I my main feeling. goal. I had a feeling. And, uh, after that, then I'd be ready to call it a day. What I'd really like to do is just get on a few horses a day, you know, maybe three or four. But I would like for my wife to take out her trainer's license get maybe about four horses and then I could get on them and she could take care of them and train them. That'd be about all I'd want to do. Is that, you think that's uh, close to being a reality at some point? Is that? Yeah. Um, my wife, she has one horse now that she owns half of 
and she had one last summer that she owned half of and we've uh-huh. done pretty good with that one went a couple races and they claimed it yeah she claimed claimed another one it's it's in thursday nights matter of fact okay who is this yeah do you know the, uh, the, the horse's name is miracle strike okay okay we'll keep an eye out definitely yeah, I'm, I'm hoping she runs good got a lot of work in her and, uh, but like i said that's what i would really like to do is for her to take out her trainer's license and she could do it she was assistant trainer for bill Connolly for 13 years so okay i know she's good i know she can do it yeah, yeah i know she can do it she she took care of his horses when he was in florida and she would be up here she'd have him by herself i'm pretty sure she could do the job well, yeah, we're, she don't. She don't think she has enough confidence to do it, but I, I know she does. I got confidence in her. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, William Connolly is. Yeah, he was a, a household name. Uh, yeah. If you, if he, you ever attended Churchill, for forty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I very much. So. I wagered on wagered on a lot of his horses over the years. So, yeah. uh, uh, Perry, one more question. Uh, just uh, can you think of a track that's no longer here? that you enjoyed riding at or or you know i, I know you mentioned you've, you've been to arlington Is, uh, any other racetracks that that aren't around that you have fond memories of um mule park i used to like that pretty good I, uh-huh. i've done a lot of good there won a lot of races and i i kind of liked it because it was only like an hour and something up drive up there now you have to go up to mahoney valley that's like five hours up five hours back i don't i don't really enjoy that because it makes way too long of a day of it yeah that's uh go all the way there and they don't run any good and then you gotta drive all the way back that's just south of cleveland right no it's uh or youngstown yeah youngstown Youngstown. okay okay yeah did did you ever meet the beulah twins perry i did i did (laughs) whatever happened to them I don't know. After Beulah Park closed, I haven't heard anything from them. If, if anybody's listening, don't know what we're talking about. Look up the Beulah Twins. <laughs> they had a pretty good gimmick going on up there, didn't they, Perry? Yeah. They but they're with, the, with their wagering experts. They were. Yeah. Think of the Double Mint Twins. Maybe just even a little bit. Yeah. They were entertaining. Bustier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they were a lot of fun. Hey, uh, CC mentioned your wife. You've been married 37 years, right? Is that correct? I have. Congratulations. And how many kids? Two. Two boys. Two boys. Wow. I mean, you've got, you've got a pretty full life uh, going on, Perry. Um, one thing I want to ask you before, you know, before we wrap this up uh, and is 50 years, 49 years you've been riding roughly. What are the changes for a job from a jockey's perspective that you've seen over the years? Do you do you feel is, is it safer are the jockeys better, worse overall that come into the game? Uh, I know you make more money than you used to. I know the money's better. Uh, right, right. But what have you seen from a safety standpoint, from a jockey's perspective? Uh, better, worse? What do you think? Uh, I'd say better. I, I wouldn't say it's great, but it's better than it was back in the day. You know, cause Back in the early days, um, you were expected to ride on any kind of racetrack any kind of weather didn't matter you just expected to ride and that was it and if you didn't really want to they would just politely ask you to leave go somewhere else if you don't like to here yeah the jockeys have more say so now right 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 you know you, you're not at their mercy quite as bad 
Yeah. Back when I first started, though, it, it was rough. You pretty much had to do what they said or else you, you were asked to leave. And you, you, you alluded make, to this. You couldn't make waves. I, I can imagine. You alluded to this earlier. Is the waves of jockeys that come in, the younger guys now, are they are they more skilled? Are they better? Are the, are the older guys, were they just tougher? What's the difference now from the 70s and the 80s to, to today? What do you see? Uh, I, I thought the guys back in the day were a lot tougher. Yeah. I had a feeling you say that. Yeah, yeah. they were. <laughs> they really? Like I said, you would ride on any kind of track, on any kind of horse, you know, because that's how you made your living, you know. Yeah. The purses weren't that great, so you had to, you know, every little bit had to count. Uh, nowadays, there's so much money involved in it, and, you know, they just there's a lot of namby-pambies out there now. <laughs> yeah, they, they want to go six wide when they don't have to, right? They want to yeah, shoot exactly. up the rail. Yeah, I figured that. Uh, I, I, something else I wanted to ask you about, too. 50 years or 49 years, that's a lot of time to 50,000 miles. That's a lot of bad things can happen. How's the injury situation been for you over the years? I've got quite a few broken bones over the years. What's What's the worst thing? Uh, <laughs> there's been a few. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've probably broke close to 40 bones so far. Oh my God! Like eight, it's... nine surgeries, and I got pins and screws and metal plates all through my body. And you would you would think after all that that you would just you know, give it up. Every time you get hurt, the first thing you ask the doctor is, "How long are you going to be out? And when can I get back?" Uh huh. How those knees holding up at sixty-seven? I mean, that's that to me is the most amazing thing. How the knees? Not too bad. Not too really? Bad yeah. That's that's impressive. I had to, uh, one time I had to have it um, orthoscopic surgery to clean it out because it had got a lot of wear and tear from I had a I got a metal rod from my knee down to my ankle and Jeez. that metal rod was uh, scraping up against the cartilage and it kind of screwed it up and uh, I had that operated on that's been three years ago and I ain't had no problems out of it. That's fantastic. Um, I've been like I said I've been blessed be able to do it for this many years and still enjoy it i mean i really do i i enjoy riding that's good to hear i enjoy the win part of it the rest of it's just like work (laughs) i i I, I do enjoy going out to the track every morning getting on a few you know just seeing everybody Uh, i haven't got burned out like a lot of jockeys they always say when they get older they just want to ride a few or you know, they, they don't want to ride a whole lot anymore, but I just seem ride the card every day. That, that never did bother me. As you can tell, I've rode 52,000, so I, I never did like sitting around. I like to go in there, ride as many as I can, because you got more chances to win the more you ride. And you love to win, right? I mean, I know all I jockeys do. love to win, but you really love <laughs> to win. I do. <laughs> yes, I do. That is I my love- main Main thing that keeps me going, because I've never found anything in life that will give you that same thrill as winning a horse race. Yeah. And, and I get we it t- every time, no matter if it's a $4,000 claimer or it's a $50,000 lounge race, I get that same thrill every time I win. And it was like that when I first started. How much was that first purse? You, I mentioned that that first win. How much was that first purse you won? I think like maybe 1500 That's, That's more than I thought. Yeah. It's more, so you got. I, I'm pretty sure that's about what it was, fifteen hundred. You might have got a hundred bucks then, out of it. That was a lot of money. Yeah, so yeah. You could buy a lot of money with that with that kind of uh, payout. 
Yeah. It's a little bit better today, though, ain't it? A little bit, little oh, bit better. Yeah. A, a little bit better. better. Wish, wish they would have got this about 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Be sitting large. Yeah, it is what it is. Hey, before we go, we'll wrap it up. We, we, the Hall of Fame thing, I told you we were going to touch on. I'm going to touch on it real quick. I think it's malfeasance. And Cece agrees with me. It is absolute, pardon my French, and pardon the pun, Perry, but I truly believe it. I think it's horseshit that you're not in. And <laughs> those numbers, that longevity, that devotion to, to this area, this circuit, when you could have went other places. Yeah, uh, I think I could have, but I don't think I could have won as many as I did. But you and you was happy. You were happy, right? Right. right. And I was close to home. I got to sleep in the same bed every night. So got to be with my wife and kids, and uh, that was more important than making a whole lot of money, to me at least. Yeah. Well, you know, we see in the Hall of Fame, we we have the, the Eclipse Awards. It's kind of an elitist thing. Uh, you know, nothing against that. I know it's important to people, but they'll give horses, you know, horse of the year after four starts this and that or whatever. And these trainers, you know, they'll pick their spots correct and they'll get those gaudy win percentages and such. And those guys are going to the hall of fame. Uh, but to me, I mean, maybe it's the blue collar in me and maybe it's, uh, but if I go up to Turfway park on a Friday night, when, when they can have fans, when the, the grandson opens and I ask them if they care about the eclipse wards or they care if Perry, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Every damn person in that racetrack who's been going there for years is going to say, Perry, you should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm with them 100%. That's pretty uh, cool. Hey, yeah. you was talking about Eclipse Awards? Yeah. Um, I had some guys who made a, um, a documentary on me one time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You know the Hennigan brothers? Yeah. CC? No, yeah. I don't know. First Saturday yeah. in May. Yeah. First Saturday in May. Right. They did a documentary on me. They come up here at, at Riverdowns or Belterra, and they follow me around for like three days, shoot a lot of video and stuff. They win Eclipse Award for that. Really? Yes. If you're ever around a computer, type in Iron Man Perry Eats. Very, I certainly very, will. Very good documentary. I mean, it was so well shot and and made everybody look good. You know, I mean, they they know what they're, they're doing. Those two guys do. They're, they're Hennigan brothers. I'll, I'll look Brad, for that. I would love to Brad see that. And somebody, I can't remember what it's John, maybe it's the other guy's name. John Hennigan. Right. Brad I Hennigan. think that's right. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, they won an Eclipse Award for that. And they wanted me to come down when they accepted it. And uh, I had to ride here at Turfway Park <coughs> that night. Because you're committed. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and I won a race that night, so I win. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. But I really do mean that, Perry. I mean, Cece feels the same way. You should be in the Hall of Fame. Hell, David Gall is David Gall. I'm assuming he's not in the Hall of Fame either, right? No, no, no. He's in the same boat I was. Well, that needs a change. That needs right, CC. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I say, if it happens, it does. But don't, it don't. I ain't gonna lose no sleep over it one way or the other. Well, I just, I just yeah, know how I feel. That's something that I don't fret about. Uh, one thing that I was more proud of than that was getting my own bobblehead. I thought that was really <laughs> cool. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about this bobblehead. Where, where did you get that, and where can I get one? Uh, River Downs, they, they made a bobblehead for me that uh, one year. Did it look like you? Uh, yeah, a little bit, you know, as far as bobbleheads go. But so I, I, that's one of the things I was most proud of was getting my own bobblehead. Because they always well, say you, you always know that you've made it when you get your own bobblehead. <laughs> that's what I hear. 
So when Cece and I come up to Turfway and we get a hold of one of these bobbleheads, I'm sure they're probably going for what, four or five hundred dollars on eBay. I'm I, guessing. Yeah, probably thirty bucks. That's the last time I seen them. They went for thirty bucks. <laughs> no, I but what? Fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, they're gonna go for four hundred when we come up there and we get you to sign them for us. All right? Can you do that? I can do that. All right, cool. That's awesome. Uh, Perry, it has been an absolute delight, an absolute pleasure. I speak for CC, I'm sure, to talk to someone of your uh, your stature. And uh, we're going to get you if, – if there's a God in heaven, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. But until then, you just have to live with being in the winner's circle at your age. Are you the oldest jockey going right now? I think Gary Bain's 69. Do you know there's anybody older than you? Uh, not really. But I don't know of anybody else who's ever done it for this long. Yeah, and rode this many every day. You know, I've seen a lot right. of guys who got older, but they were only riding like one a week or one a month or something. You know, when they got real old. But I've been doing this every day. Like this summer, I was riding five, six, seven a day. Um, I'm gonna. And, well, you know, with you saying that, just just solidifies my belief in it that much further. Not to write the we're gonna have to write the racing museum up in, in Saratoga Springs. Email them right, CC. You want you want to do that? I'm gonna hit. Yeah, we're in. Uh, well, hopefully you get there one day. I know you're not that concerned about it, but I, I just truly believe that you should be there, and CC does right. too. Well, one time I did get on the ballot. Did you? Um, yeah, there was like 10 guys nominated, and I was number eight out of the 10. So. How many did they I take? Uh, one. <laughs> oh, what a, what yeah. a crock. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I did make the ballot one year, though. That's good. Uh, I mean, that's more than I've ever done, so – Anyway, Perry, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. We are going to go to Turfway. We will say hi to you definitely when we come up there, okay? Is that I cool? We'd love to meet you. Cool. All right. Well, again, on behalf of CCI, thanks again for joining us, Perry. No problem. Thank you, Perry. And that, folks, was the legendary Perry Utes. Uh, cannot thank him enough for being on here. What a what a tremendous jockey, what a tremendous guy, what a tremendous career. And uh, we, we are really, really fortunate to have him on. Hold on. Hold on. Breaking news. Breaking oh, news. What now, is this? Breaking news. This is huge. This is huge. Uh, some dude for Oakland just kicked a field goal. And the Oakland Raiders have defeated the Cleveland Browns 16-14. to 14. That means. What's that mean? That means the Cincinnati Bengals have a playoff spot right now with, what, four weeks, three weeks left to go in the season. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens are tied, but the but the Bengals own the tiebreaker as of today. And oh, those my dirty goodness. Browns, those dirty Browns lost to the Raiders. All I've got to say to you is, who day? Who day? Who day? I believe they are the Cincinnati Bengals. Is that correct? Who is day? that what you're asking me? Who day? Welcome to the jungle. Okay. Cece's a big Bengals fan, y'all. As you get, we we alluded to earlier. Apparently, Perry Utes is as well. And I guess everybody. This is Monday night when we're taping this, so I guess everybody's happy. And if COVID somehow knocks out the rest of the NFL season, the Bengals are in the playoffs, right? They knock out the rest of the regular season. Is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah. We'll Take finally screw get. it up. Don't worry. Don't worry about us. We'll, we'll get that worry. division title. Now you want that division title, right? Right. Right. We're, it's so close. It's in our grasp. Not since the days of Ken Anderson and Chris Collinsworth and Boomer, Boomer Esiason. Yes. Icky Woods. Uh, Icky Woods. Uh, Dan Ross. But I'm going way back with Dan Ross, I think. Dan I Ross was on the Collinsworth I don't know team. Who that is. But. I think he had a country hit 
They among the Bengals tight ends are like a number one country. I think it was Dan Ross. I might be wrong I'm about thinking, that. Yeah, I was thinking of Bob Ross, but that's man, uh, maybe that's the painter. That's the painter. That's the same hey, painter. Getting back to Perry Oots, I was uh, looking up uh, that that uh, documentary. I think I found it on. Is it Vimeo? Vimeo V I M E O. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I yeah, think right. I think you can find it on Vimeo. I just played like ten seconds of it. Here I'm gonna watch this. It looks like it's pretty cool. I'm looking um, the, forward to it. These guys, uh, the, the Hennigan brothers, made first Saturday in May, which centered around the year Barbara won the Derby. They they chronicled like five or six trainers and their horses leading up to the Derby that year. And uh, uh, if you've ever listened to podcasts, you heard me talk about cousin Paul, who's Paul Parrish, who's from the same town I am, Bloomfield, and just happened to be – at Keeneland, and I was with him at Keeneland. We were chasing Dale Romans around, and these Hennigan guys were uh, filming that day. And I, I got to be—I w- I was in the picture, but apparently they cut me on the, the on the editing room floor. Which oh. I don't blame them. I, I don't think that was a good idea to let me in. I didn't. Yeah, you know, they told me they were making some kind of documentary about uh, about Dale Romans at the time, but uh, I think they were following uh, Sharp Humor. And oh. but they yeah. yeah they follow Barbaro and Sharp Humor and uh, a few others a few other trainers and, and some of them did make the derby of course Barbaro won the derby so yeah but uh, that that was uh, that was pretty cool but yeah this this documentary along those same lines is just twenty minutes I think it's worth a watch oh definitely and you know as I was alluding to and again I I'm, I'll stake my claim Perry you should be in a Hall of Fame should be in the National Hall, Racing Hall of Fame. Uh, you want to get to, uh, we talked about getting, uh, what can you do to bring fans in the game, blah, blah, get people interested. Well, how about you put some blue collar, ordinary, not ordinary, extraordinary, I should say, people who keep the sport alive in Ohio and Louisiana and Kentucky and Arkansas and New Mexico and yada, 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 keep the, keep the sport going. How about you recognize those guys? How about you recognize someone's been riding races for 50 years and still riding, would ride 10 races a day if you gave them the opportunity? Uh, the, the numbers speak for themselves. With I don't care if he didn't win uh, the Kentucky Derby four times. A lot of those guys up there in those didn't didn't get the opportunities. But you know what? He's happy. He's made a lot of people happy. Thirty five riding titles. Are you are you kidding me? At, at one racetrack? Yeah, Perry should be in the National Hall of Fame. And if someone disagrees with me, that's their right. But I firmly believe it. What about you? Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, I, I think the numbers speak for themselves. They're staggering. Uh, right, right, and and he. He's on that list with uh, McCarron and Russell Bay and, and Pat Day and those guys, and, and he's outlasted them all. So the, the longevity yeah. itself, you know, deserves uh, some type of mention, I think. Yeah. I think it's high time we have a uh, – I wish somebody would uh, create a uh, Kentucky Horse Racing Hall of Fame. I, I, I oh, would, yeah. I would love something like that. I mean, there's a ton of guys that deserve recognition that uh, that won't get it on the national stage. I mean, even guys – uh, like a like a K Wood Lefford or or Charlie Woods, not the golfer, the the, the jockey Charlie Woods. Yeah, I was really confused uh, over the weekend. By the way, I was too by the Charlie Woods tweets. I didn't know T- Tiger had a son named Charlie, but the the, the Charlie Woods I recognized was a rider. Yeah, in the eighties and nineties. But uh, you know, I love your like idea. That, I love I, your idea. I wish somebody would uh, would uh, or a group of people could push that. Maybe we get that downtown at the at uh, Gene McLean's place. Yeah, and I tell you what, not only that, 
and they put you and I on the nominating. But we do we're on the committee to nominate the people because you know we'll nominate the right people. You know, no politics with us, right? You know, you impress us, you're in. Well, I mean, is Michelle Lovell a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh uh, well, yes. I mean, she gets grandfathered in or See? grandmothered in. I don't know how that works. But, See? But yeah, that's that's yeah. That's why we we'll never have anything. <laughs> Well, she's earned it, you know, she's earned it, but you know, whatever. You gotta have some sort of connection. So, but I do like the idea of a Kentucky Racing Hall of Fame. I don't know why we don't have one already, right? And that way we can get Ellis Park represented. We can get Turfway represented. We can get, uh, remember Bluegrass Downs? You remember Bluegrass Downs, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and get them represented. That was in Paducah. Paducah? No. Right. I can't remember. Or the old Miles Park, as we've alluded to, uh, racetrack out here out in the, uh, off the Watterson Expressway uh, in, in Louisville in nineteen in late 1960s, before my time. But people would be interested in that. They'd want to see that. It's not just about the Kentucky Derby here in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, get a Kentucky Racing Hall of Fame and Perry eats his first ballot. All right? Fair enough? I'm cool with that. Okay. All right. I think we're good then. Uh, before we go, I want to remind you, the first annual airing of grievances is coming soon. I don't know when we're going to record this, but it's coming soon. We want you to, uh, uh, if you get a chance, shoot us what you, shoot us an issue, an issue that you have with the racing game, uh, specific, hopefully local, and we're going to pontificate on it. And I don't know if we'll come up with solutions or not, but we're going to, uh, we're going to call this a bitch fest. And uh, that, that's something we're good at, especially me. Yeah. Well, it can be it can be something big, it can be something small, it can be something annoying. It could be wagering wise, it could be the game wise, it could be cheating wise, it could be social media wise. I know I've got a lot of issues with some yeah. of the so analyst wise. I could go on and on about some of the analysts, some of the networks I don't care for, and let's, I haven't made that clear already. Uh, but I, it can be anything like that. Let's try to avoid the low hanging fruit of the cheating. Scandals. Yeah, exactly. It's too easy. There's, there's a whole lot more we can cover. This, this yeah. one's got a thousand problems. Yeah, it can be something. You know, I'll tell you one. I talk, like, you know, I get tired when uh, uh, race tracks will people forget they bet they forget they bet verticals and a uh, horse went by eight lengths and they focus in on the horse as he's crossed the wire. They, like, we know the horse won, and there's a cluster for second, third, and fourth, and they don't show that. That's annoying as hell to me. I don't know why they do that. And show we the gallop out. Shelby Gallup out, and it's, and it's like, can we see who runs second, third, or fourth? I have an exacta, I have a trifecta, I have a, yeah. a superfecta, and and they just, they just that just shows a complete, absolute, confounded lack of disconnect. awareness. Disconnect. That's a good word. Of uh, the people that fund it, they're paying your salary. What what they're wanting, that what they're interested. I know Gulfstream does that in particular. It's like Jesus, Christ, what are you doing? So that's a good example of kind of of a minor thing, but it's, you know, if it's maybe minor to other people, but it can be major to you, right? So that's a good example. All right, so that's coming soon. Uh, keep an eye out, and uh, we'll uh, we'll try to work on that. Hopefully, uh, yeah, I don't know, in the next seven or eight days. So you got it. Anyway, anyway, so on behalf of Brandon Jaggers, who has been canceled, we've canceled him this week. <laughs> And on behalf of Alan Schneider, I am CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.